The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. You bet we're starting right now. Hello, party partners, and welcome to radio's finest hour of power. Star Style, be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew segment. We are always thrilled to be your personal growth success coaches here on the airwaves with you. And we do want you to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more info on getting your personal and private consultation over the phone or in person, give us a call at 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. And the Miracle Moment is life is the only school where the exam comes before the lesson. Uh, I'm not sure who wrote that, but I like it. It's the only school where the exam comes before the lesson. Why is that the case? Because every single day we're being tested. You know, this is a test. If it wasn't a test, we'd be given better instructions. Well, our purpose in providing you this show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the writer, producer, star of your own life. Heather, tell them what our rules are. Most definitely, we want you to smile, have fun, and be willing to take that chance to be wild and crazy. And, of course, we want you to read good books, some of them you have never heard of. As an author, you can pick up any of uh, my books on our website, bethestarur.com, which include Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, The Business of Show Business, Miracle Moments, Be the Star You Are, and the teen book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, as well as uh, check out some of the other great stories that we have. Our motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. And in today's show, we're going to unravel the mysteries of medical billing in our T for Two segment. And then we're going to offer some expressions of wisdom, testimony, and, and advice from two Christian authors, Betty Collier and Wendy Soraya. You probably haven't read these books yet, and we want you to pick them up. 
So stay tuned, turn up the volume, and let's have some fun. Oh, yes, and I do want to remind you, before we get into our medical billing, that the Be The Star You Are essay contest has launched, and you can win an opportunity to be on the show. You can win $100, uh, books, and other great things. It is our seventh annual event. Your entry can um, be sent by email. Visit our website, be the starur.org for information and guidelines and get involved be the starur.org well medical billing fraud is commonplace in every area of the healthcare industry the stories that make the headlines are unfortunately just the tip of the iceberg it wasn't long ago that my husband was rushed to the emergency room spent only one night in the hospital in a double room with a very sick roommate but when we received the bill we were charged for ICU, intensive care unit, and the cost for less than 24 hours was $38,000. What happened? <laughs> well, Heather and I want to talk about hospital billing, medical, um, medical fraud, and what is going on. I mean, simple mistakes can be made, but it can end up costing you a bundle. What's going on, Heather? Well, exactly. And I, you know, I'm a self experienced a similar thing one time when I went to the hospital. I had a one night overstay, um, left actually not really quite knowing what had gone on at the hospital, and we received a bill for around twenty or $30,000. Uh, and seemed, you never got a diagnosis. <laughs> exactly. But just see, and eventually, you know, we were able to fight it and get it all cleared up. Um, but uh, these things happen, and, you know, just as with all things, that when something's not right, you need to correct it. And especially um, come... I believe it is uh, 2012, America, We everyone has to have health insurance. Now, there's some side guidelines, you know, some little things you can get around that for some companies or for some people, um, because you can still ha- go on living without health insurance, you just have to pay a fine. And for some people, they're more, um, it's more cost-worthy for them to just pay the fine than to get insurance, you know, for uh, um, their company and all this stuff. But when looking into it, um, you know, I was trying to find out regarding all this health insurance and me working in a medical industry, and we have to deal with insurances all the time and what's covered and what isn't and out of plan and out of pocket and crazy deductibles and all this kinds of stuff and really, you know, understanding what's going on. Um, a lot of times that uh, places will bill more and insurance companies will bill more for the services, so particular things are covered, and then they pass things off to the patient. Um, when looking into insurance, because usually when you hear insurance fraud, you hear of a lot of people themselves, that the actual um, person that's covered by insurance, a lot of times people, uh, that's how they will get make their money. They'll have insurance. But the biggest um, person I was really surprised to find out, um, the biggest kind of person who causes frauds are actual um, providers themselves. A lot of times in order to uh, kind of a quick buck way is there are schemes where physicians will bill for services that aren't covered by insurance to make extra money, or they will even sometimes team up with um, a person and have that and, you know, bill for things that weren't covered, that they didn't even do, exceeding costs, um, and a way to get money. Um, so it's crazy. And, you know, before you go on there, when you're saying about providers billing like this, what they're doing is Billing, if I'm understanding correctly, they're billing the insurance company, right? In the yes. hopes that the insurance company will pay these higher amounts. Is that what it is? 
Well, many times, yeah, many times what happens, they'll build, um, depending on what's there, is that they will build the insurance company. A lot of times a patient may just have a copay or, you know, they need to meet a particular deductible and all that spend down. And um, so many times, you know, they may um, bill for something that would be considered out of plan or exceeds cost so that when the insurance is reimbursing or covering these costs, um, they are paying back more money to the provider. Um, now, there's a lot of um, investigational bureaus and all this kind of stuff, and a lot of times, just as with sting operations, you know, regarding, um, you know, undercover drug sting, that a lot of times people, they will, reading something online, um, I forget what state it was in, um, but uh, some, you know, federal uh, bureau that's in charge of uh, insurance scams kind of sent out these letters to providers trying to kind of lure them in, um, you know, talking about more, you know, if you bill for this, we can reimburse it, kind of this thing. And out of all this, they were able actually to get about 30 people to, you know, fraudulently bill and overbill for things unknowingly that they were working hand-in-hand with someone who was undercover. Um, you know, and, and one thing, too, of just this looking is a lot of times, even if it isn't fraudulent, it can feel fraudulent to a patient. Um, you know, with having health insurance, sometimes people, um, you know, though, and especially everyone soon is going to be technically required to have it, um, it's really understanding what is covered and what isn't covered. And for a lot of times, it seems like people will, will be paying so much money um, and then they get a bill and it's, they feel like, you know, this should be covered. Why am I getting additional charges? So it's really understanding what kind of insurance you have. And just, you know, a quick reference for people. There's um, the main three. There's PPOs, HMOs, and an EPO. So just to kind of go over it, PPO, what that stands for is the provided or preferred provider organization or participating provider organization. And typically what a PPO is is that they're a little bit more expensive. In fact, they can be very expensive, but, but they give you a lot of range. They give you a lot of range. They allow you to, um, for the most part, you have less wait time. You can go to any provider you want for all your services. Um, it gives you the ability where you don't have a closed scope, where if you need to get something, you're not going to have to wait, you know, four months to get a PAP or to get something checked or to get, and um, it allows you, to, you know, to go to specialized providers. Um, but most part, is that's where you'll be paying. You might have a very high deductible or high copay, but it allows for a lot of people, if they have the money to, they want to get the best provided care. Now, an HMO is one that usually costs a lot less, but it's a very limited scope. Um, I myself, and it has to be interesting, is, um, for example, I will use Kaiser. Now, I must say, I have Kaiser insurance, and I think they are fantastic. I've received just the most amazing care through them. However, with it being an, H, um, an HMO, I need to book about four months in advance, and I, anytime I call and they give me a crazy date, I just take it because I know if I call back later that day that it might already be gone. So with HMOs, though, um, cost-wise, they can be a lot less expensive. They're very limited, too. And so what that means using Kaiser, for example, and I am stating Kaiser is a great, great company. I'm seeing nothing against that. With Kaiser, um, for the most part, being an HMO, is that people can only be seen at Kaiser facilities. Well, um, I have so, a question, you know, now that you're talking about PPOs and HMOs, though. Mm-hmm. When it comes to medical billing, it's across the board, though, right? It doesn't matter whether you're with an HMO or a PPO. Well, I mean, it, it can still happen. 
Well, um, you still have yes. to be really cautious. Yes and no. And what I, what I want to make sure is that people know what they have. And additionally, there's also an EPO, um, which is an exclusive provider organization, which is kind of like a hybrid of an HMO and a PPO, meaning that it's a mid-level cost. Um, it gives you a range to see more people. But a lot of times, EPOs are offered uh, through companies, like through your employer, and what an EPO means is that that employer has a contract with that particular insurance company stating that they, they won't um, offer any other, that they're going to work exclusively with that particular thing. Um, but what you need to know is what kind of, do you have a PPO? Do you have an HMO? Do you have an EPO? Because if you, if I myself, me having Kaiser, I can receive the best in basically anything. I can receive surgeries with just my small copay of $20. But, but if I was to go to somewhere else, if I was, let's just say, to go to Sharp Medical or some other place, thinking I have insurance and I only pay this little copay, well, because I have an HMO and my scope is only with that one facility, I'm going to get that crazy bill costing me everything because I've gone out of plan and out of provider. Well, and so, then I think you really do have to look. You know, I think what you're bringing up here is such a good thing, good um not a question, but a, a, a good solution that we all have to look at the bills when they come in, whether they're being paid by our insurance company, whether it's a PPO or HMO or whatever, or we're having to individually pay it because that can make the difference on what how our premiums get met. I mean, I just know even when I was in the hospital for giving birth, which is not an illness, but getting when I received and it was paid at the time I was had Screen Actors Guild insurance and it paid 100 percent, so I shouldn't have had to worry about it. But it, you know, being a conscientious consumer, I looked over the bill, and the hospital had charged for many, many, many things that I never used, including drugs, which I never had any. And mm-hmm. um, a box of Kleenex was like was like two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so you know, I think that no matter what we have, we have to be really conscientious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and yeah, actually, maybe just real funny side note when you're saying which isn't a disease, pregnancy. However, you can be turned away from particular insurances because it's considered a pre-existing condition. Oh, <laughs> I know. I thought that. Yeah, that is really true. And you pay more if you have to have. If you have to have, uh, you know, that kind of um, of, of insurance as well. I think, you know, this is what you're well, saying. Just to wrap it up, Heather, because as always, we're yeah. at the end of our time. Is and with anything is what you're saying is it doesn't matter if it's health insurance, if it's your monthly credit card statement, even if it is your phone bill to, you know, your McDonald's Happy Meal bill. If something doesn't look right, if you didn't, get something or something was said to be covered, question, go for it. For the most part, claims you could get things reduced, get things fixed. If you don't speak out about it, that's how they make their money. A lot of times it is a careless mistake. Um, It isn't uh, intentional or sometimes it is. And it's up to you as that person to speak out about it and make sure that you have these things because no one is going to fix them without you. Absolutely. And sometimes the errors are difficult to identify and the items might be valid even if the amount billed isn't correct because sometimes you get overcharged, which is one of the most common billing errors, or duplication is another common billing mistake. But if you see the same charges listed more than once, make sure to ask. And just question anything that you believe is not true, such as, 
being charged for an intensive care unit when you really only had, uh, you know, an emergency room. So this was a great section, you know, prevention, solution, just be cautious. We really don't want to get involved in any, any fraud whatsoever. And by eliminating fraud and abuse really means, could mean the difference between receiving good patient care and, and not good patient care. So give out the website, Heather. Most definitely. We want you to go to bethestarur.org, bethestarur.com, carmonyclutches.com, both with a K, and myspace.com forward slash carmonyclutches, both with a K. All righty. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to hear the blessed and heartfelt experiences of a wife, mother, and author who is living inside the testimony. Betty Collier is up next. Stay with us. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. Be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. You are the star. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Look on the side. Thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It is always a pleasure and a joy to share this hour with you. Well, it is often said that God works in, in amazing and mysterious ways, and whether you are a person of faith or a non-believer, you will be inspired by Betty Collier's life journey that she chronicles in her new book, Living Inside the Testimony. Welcome, Betty, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, thanks, Cynthia. Well, Betty, I wanted to start it off by saying that, first of all, I was inspired by reading your book, and right at the very beginning of the book, you uh, have written about the scripture reading that you live through. I mean, you live with this, which is your favorite scripture, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Well, after, you know, I read your book, I realized you're just a walking testimony about this, and what you've written in your book is what's happened to you throughout your life by 
really just walking the talk and and trusting in God. Well, but for those listeners who don't understand what living inside the testimony actually means, what do you mean by the testimony? The testimony is actually me giving a testimony of things that have happened in my life, things that I didn't realize at the time. Sometimes maybe I did, sometimes I didn't, but it was God's plan for my life. And as the scripture says, if I just trust him and allow him to direct my path, then I would go down the road that he would have me to go down and things would turn out the way that they should. And that's really based on the faith to believe that that's actually what's going to happen. When I wrote the book... as you say on the cover of the book, it's not your plan, it's all part of the master plan. Actually, the master's plan, and master meaning the Lord. Right, So it's like a catch-all word. It could be a master plan. The masters with an apostrophe S. Well, first of all, you, this, I mean, I thought the story of you meeting your husband in middle school... And um, then after he had his accident, or it wasn't quite an accident, he was hit over the head and, and almost died, uh, then you realizing that he was the man and you getting married, that is an amazing story because not many people meet their, the love of their life when they're children and, and they end up uh, spending the rest of their life together. Well, and we've been married for 24 years, so yes, that is a testimony, another testimony as to how God directed our path to be together. But had it not been for that head injury, I don't know if we would have been together. So that, I believe, was still all part of his plan to get us to the point to where we are now. Well, and also part of that plan is the fact that he survived that head injury because from what you said inside your, uh, in your book, Living Inside the Testimony, is that at first when he was hit over the head, he was rushed to the hospital. They sewed up the stitches, even though he was throwing up and had a headache and, or a bad headache, was sent home. But had his sister not realized that something else was wrong, he probably would have uh, bled to death or died because he had a blood clot. He would have died because it was actually an epidural hematoma, and those left untreated will result in death. So he had to have the emergency brain surgery to remove that blood clot that was pressing on his brains. But when the, he went to the first hospital, they didn't check him for all that. And like you said, his sister, she's a nurse, and she was checking on him that night, and she knew that something was wrong. It was getting worse. So when he went to the second hospital, they did the CAT scan, found the bleed, and it immediately took him off to surgery right then to remove that clot. So that, yeah, that God had blessed him through that. That's a testimony that... He has, I guess, that he doesn't really share, so I share it for him. And I tell everybody how God blessed him to survive that head injury because he could have died. Had they not gotten him to the second hospital, they would have found him the next morning and it would have been too late. Well, and also I think what's interesting about this particular incident is uh, it was your brother who told you about the fact that uh, that your future husband was now <laughs> in the hospital. And what is the most fascinating about that is had had he not been in the hospital, you may not have been back together. That's right. We probably wouldn't have because we were getting ready for high school graduation, and we had split up in high school, kind of going our separate ways. He was going to go to California. I was going to stay home in Memphis and go to school here. We weren't together. But then when my brother announced this incident, and that's when I realized he was actually in the hospital, in neurotrauma ICU, that's when the light bulb came on for me. And when I heard the news, it just devastated me. I went to my bedroom and just 
total agony at the thought that something could have happened to him, and I didn't even know about it. So I rushed to the hospital to find him laying there. Surgery was over by now, but there he was with his family standing around his bed, and I walked in, you know, the ex-girlfriend. Right, I right, and I laughed. I really laughed reading your book when, when uh, it said, well, what happened? What was going on? And you, you said, well, you'd like to write that. His heart stopped, he flatlined, and then it started up again. But <laughs> you really didn't know what happened. But the reality was is that you realized you were right for each other. Right. That's the main thing. We did realize we were right for each other. And from that point until now, we haven't been separated since. Of course, then, you, what this book's about, and we're speaking with author Betty Collier, who never thought she was really going to be an author because she started writing, I mean, doing a, writing a testimony that was going to be for a DVD, and then instead ended up writing the book, because it seems to me so many really miraculous, uh, amazing events have occurred in your life and in the life of your family. You really have been blessed, and it's not that you set out to get any of these things. It's just that you have such deep faith, as you said, in the Master's plan that you're going to live inside this testimony and then let it unravel. So you have your two beautiful children, and then you went on to, um, your, you won this incredible essay contest that uh, you never thought you would, would happen. And tell us a little bit about that and what happened there. It was called the Dickies American Work of the Year Award, and it was back in 2001. My husband wears Dickies pants to work, and I found the tag that had the contest rules on it, so I just sent in the essay. It was a 100-word essay describing why I felt like he should be the American Work of the Year, and I wrote it, you know, not thinking he'd ever win. I was just writing it because I felt like he deserved to because he did work hard but never thought, you know, a national contest, you win a truck and all of this. I didn't think he'd win. So I just wrote the little essay, 100 words, and sent it in, forgot all about it, and then the phone call came later saying that he had won. So I was extremely surprised because I wasn't expecting it. Didn't think anything of it until the phone call came back saying that he had won the truck and that we would be winning a trip to New York to appear on Good Morning America to announce that he had been awarded that by Dickey. So it was a surprise. I didn't really think anything of it when I wrote the 100 words. And as my sister put it, you know, it really wasn't that impressive what I wrote. But at the same time, it was what the judges were looking for. And I still attribute that to it still being part of the master plan. Well, and one of the things that you've done in your book that I thought was very charming is, first of all, you're writing from your heart. You're, you're just writing the truth as you know it and feel it. And you you actually put a, a copy of the instructions, you know, the entry uh, in the book, and then the words that you did write. And whether uh, whether what you wrote was, you know, incredible prose or not, that wasn't the point. The point was is that you you ended up winning this award. And I thought it really goes to show how important it is to believe in yourself too and to follow through. I mean. Uh, I laughed again. There was many times that I laughed at things in your book that how he had, you know, bought these new pants, left the tags on the dresser, and your first inclination as you picked it up when we're tidying up was, oh, why isn't he cleaning up after himself? And then you realize, wow, this was like another message from God that you're supposed to enter this. Well, and that's what's funny about it because I was complaining, you know, out loud. Not out loud because I was at home by myself, but I saw the tags and thinking, you know, he should have just thrown the tags away. Why do I have to pick up behind him? 
but it was left there for a reason. I never would have known about the contest had he not bought the pants and then had he not left that tag on the dresser. So when I read it still, you know, I didn't think, like I said, anything of it, but there were the tags with the instructions for the contest, so I just sent it in anyway. Well, I'm a huge believer in entering contests. Be the Star You Are has an essay contest going on now, so anyone can enter. I wish I could say you could win a truck. That was a great gift. Oh, I know it was. You know, I mean, especially since he's a landscaper, it was like the perfect, it was the perfect gift for the perfect occupation, wasn't it? It was, and he needed a truck at the time, too, and it's really funny because it was by Dickie's, and he works in Dickie's Pants. Because anybody could have entered the contest, it just so happens that those are the pants that he actually does work in, and right. he really did need a truck. Right. I thought so he went it. A good, you were a great spokesperson, and then you got to actually go on Good Morning America. Not many people have had that incredible opportunity. And again, you you said those three minutes were probably the most frightening three minutes of your life. Oh, they were. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> You don't feel that way now, though, do you? Isn't no, it, I'm I mean, over it now. This was 2001, so I've gone through a lot since then. I think I'm more comfortable, but at the time, it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the interview was fine. It was with Charles Gibson on Good Morning America, and he was great. He made it so easy. We just sat there on the sofa and chatted with him. Right, right. And that's the key. That's the key. You just have a conversation. I know. That's all it was, just a conversation with him, you know, not realizing or thinking about all the people that were actually listening to it. Well, you can't think about all the people because it's only important that one person is there and that person was you. So <laughs> what a great thing. Now, how did the family react to the book? Because I know that when you were writing, living inside the testimony, uh, and you were trying to get the medical documentation, uh, you know, so that you could be accurate in talking about about your husband's uh, injury, you didn't want to um, let him know, you know, he had to go and sign for it. So now is he happy about it all? Well, now that he knows, yes, but at the time he wasn't so happy about it. <laughs> he didn't have the book? information in the book. He just didn't understand, and that's actually where the title of the book came from, and I had put it in the book because I was actually writing in real time. It was a testimony of previous things, as well as what was going on while I was writing it. And he actually complained about having to go get the records because he didn't think it was appropriate. But now, of course, that he sees it in print and everything has gone so well, he understands why I was motivated. But at the time, it was like he really didn't get it. And I was complaining as I wrote the book and actually put it in the book. He really didn't understand because he had been living inside this testimony with me all this time and never really saw it for what it really was. And then I kept referencing living inside the testimony without realizing that's what I was doing, and that ended up being the title of the book. Well, and I love the title of the book because, you know, it. I think when people first see it, it's, it's really, it's the truth of who you are. You're living each day to the fullest, and you're living under the, the, the huge master's plan, which... It's difficult to do sometimes, especially when things are going tough. It's hard to think that there's actually a plan for our lives that could be for the best, but we have to be the best people we we can be and just accept what's what's going on and and this is what you have been trying to do and it seems that it must have been inspiring for the family as well. It was and the thing is not just for my family, it's for everyone. 
I think if most people would sit back and look at their lives and things that they have gone through, whether they are people of faith or no faith, believers or non-believers, they do have to realize that they have a testimony to share with other people. They can inspire, they can encourage other people just by things that they have gone through in their lives. So it's, you know, not just for my family to realize it, but just everyone. We do all live inside testimonies. We can inspire. There's inspiration within all of us, if that's and something so that we can share with, with you, other Betty, people. Because I really do feel that every single one of us has a story and every single one of us has something important to share, but not many people take the time and the energy and the effort and, and the money and all the things that, that happen to put it out there to share for everyone else. So that's why I think it's important that you did in writing your book as, as well as just living the life that you're leading because it is inspiring to others. And then what's happened to you since, I guess we, we really should get to this incredible part of your dream house is what really inspired you too to write this book. Uh, and this picture on the cover, is this your actual house? It's beautiful. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Thank so you. <laughs> the whole idea that, as you said, a nurse and a landscaper could actually have the th- this incredible dream house and build it themselves, this is a total testimony to you living your faith. Well, and I think the picture of the house on the front is misleading to some people. I mean, the main point well, in the whole the picture on the there. front. I think that's the important one. It's the outstretched hands of Jesus. And in the right. dream that I had about the cover, I dreamed the picture as if he was presenting the house as a gift. So I wanted the house coming out of his hands. And some people thought it was kind of braggadocious to put the house on the cover. My point was the house is a blessing from the Lord. It was nothing that we did ourselves. Obviously, we could not have done that, a nurse and a landscaper. It was beyond what we could do. It was him, and because of him and what he did for us, that's why I wanted it presented well, I, that way. You make that very clear. It's very clear, at least it was clear to me, throughout the book. And you thank everyone who's come into your life. And to me, that was something else that I felt is important, that people, uh, when they read it, is that they can acknowledge the power of gratitude. Is You have an amazing amount of gratitude for everyone who has ever shared it, this, you know, this life's journey with you and the little things that people did. And when you're open and living in the testimony, it's like doors just opened for you. People came into your life at exactly the time you needed them, whether it was the attorney or the real estate or the people to, to help you find all those 30, was it 32? 32 uh, heirs to the property that wasn't for sale. And get them all to <laughs> sign off. I mean, there were a lot of just really amazing things that happened. And what I take away from your book is the fact that if we're open to all good things happening to us and believe that we are enough and that we all deserve good things to happen, that, that good things happen, and as you give so many different scripture readings, is that it's provided for us. And not just good things, but even through bad things. We still have to believe that it's all for a purpose. I'm not writing the story just to say, look at me and all the good things that have happened, but just look at what has happened, whether it's good or bad, trust in the Lord, still knowing that it's all part of his plan, and he can see us through it no matter what it is, whether it's good or bad. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because bad things happen to good people all the time. Absolutely. But, but there is some. there usually is, some, something that is beyond 
that cloud, there is that rainbow, although sometimes we can't see it at the moment. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees. But I want to give out your website so people can pick up this book. It is available at over 25,000 retail outlets. Again, another thanks to the testimony as well, of course, as your online stores. But you can read more about it uh, and read more about Betty at livinginsidethetestimony.com, livinginsidethetestimony.com. Betty, will you just wrap it up for us because it's important that people out there understand that they too have this ability to be part of the master's plan. Well, I think it's well whether you have faith or no faith, just to believe that there is a master plan and that we do all have something to inspire and encourage other people. Just look at our lives and things that we have gone through, and you'll realize we really do all live inside a testimony, something that we can share with other people to help encourage and inspire them. Find the inspiration that lies within all of us. That's the main thing. We can all help someone else. Well, Betty, thank you so much, not only for writing the book, but for sharing the testimony and your story right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I know that other people will read your book and feel encouraged to live their faith uh, every day and to do it to the fullest. It's, it's been a joy to talk with you. Thank you, Cynthia. It was great. Well, thank you, Betty. Her book is Living Inside the Testimony. It is a look at her life inside the testimony, and as she says, it wasn't her plan. It was all part of the master's plan. Please visit livinginsidethetestimony.com. And when we return, we are going to continue living with testimony, and you're going to hear from another writer uh, uh, who has written the book, Letters from a Lady Mormon Missionary, as well as Legacy Journals, and her name is Wendy Soraya. I am Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we will be back in a minute. Please don't go away. There's more to come. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky. 
Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Be the star you are. You are the star. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's Power Party Time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much for staying with us right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk. Well, today we didn't set out to give you just a full hour of faith-based inspiration, but I know you're going to enjoy the continuing motivation in this segment Wendy Saria is a wife, mother, grandmother, and she is a very active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She has been a missionary. She's performed all kinds of missionary work for most of her life. And besides her book, Letters from a Lady Mormon Missionary, Wendy writes legacy journals that are fantastic for teens and adults. We're going to be talking about all of these projects today. Welcome, Wendy, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? I, I am really glad to have you on. You really are a prolific writer and so upbeat and, and very, very, very motivational. Now, you have been a journal writer, as far as I can see, for most of your life, so it's no surprise that you're creating these lovely books to help others remember, share their stories, and create stories, you know, even help other people share their stories. But before we talk about writing these journals, I do want to reflect just a little bit on your book uh, um, that is a Lady Mormon missionary because it was obvious from reading that book that letter writing and journaling played a large part in your development, uh, and that started, you know, early on. Will you talk about how you put together your book, um, A Lady Mormon Missionary, and how that experience, you know, made you part of who you are today? Well, yes, I can. Um, in the book, uh, I explain that I was called to serve a mission for our church. And, um, and so I planned to just write letters home to my parents, and that would be my journal. And that would be my report. And when I got home from my mission, I had a wonderful time. Every day, uh, every week, I wrote to my parents and gave them a kind of a brief synopsis of what I did. And uh, when we got home, I had it, we had it uh, bound into a book. And then 40 years later, my daughter moved to Memphis. And that's where I served on my mission part of the time. And so I thought, oh, you know, yeah, my letters and I'll find some people for her to contact. Well, I made a, I didn't write down contact information. I didn't put the first names of the elders. I didn't put the, the, the first names of the bishop or people they could contact. I made a lot of mistakes. So anyway, uh, that's kind of where I started. I, I, wa- I wanted to leave a legacy, and that's kind of where my life is going, is that I want everyone to leave a written legacy for posterity. And uh, well, you, When I uh, read A Lady Mormon Missionary, I really thought it was very, very much in-depth, and you had, 
you had a lot of information and tons of photos, just adorable photos that you could just watch your development and your growth and all the people that were in your life and see how excited you were about, you know, about different things every day and the, the poems, et cetera, that you included. But, but what you're saying now, what you want with your legacy journals is to be more concrete to have more um, more historical information so that it really becomes data that can be used for the generations. Absolutely. But most important, Cynthia, is that people write in a journal every day, and there's two reasons. First is for history, and the second is for protection. And today... I, I work in high school. I substitute teach. I see kids all the time, and I interact with them. In fact, uh, high school kids uh, put together a lot of the questions that are in the teen youth, the uh, teen adult journal. It's a, it, these are prompt journals. Yes, They're not uh, and the one we, sh- we, we should give the names of it. One that you're talking about now is Legacy, a journal for teens and adults. Another one's Legacy, Expressions of Wisdoms and Advice. And, of course, you have other ones, but... The teen one, I think, is especially important, as you say, right now. It is, and it's, it's not just for teenagers. It's for adults, too. And uh, I started it, and I had to go back and remember it. A teens and adult journal is, is a prompt journal with hundreds and hundreds of questions that a teen can, can, can answer. And I know you, your book for teenagers is for teenage writers who... Have, who write inspirational stories and who, who, who have that desire. But I work with students who, some of them have a very difficult time writing. It's not their gift. And yet, they still need to, to cover their backs. When they're in a high school setting, there's very often they witness a crime or the victim of a crime or something really great happens, like my grandson just was voted for student council. That goes in his journal. But it's um, but sometimes you have to write down what happens to you, where you were, and uh, make sure you uh, can protect it. It's a it's a something that you do by yourself. Nobody ever has to see it. Just in case anybody is mean to you or does something inappropriate, then you can document that in case you ever need it. It's there, and you can prove your you know that where you were and where, what happened. And this is important in relationships, in school, and in work. And I'll I think that this that. is such a great idea. I mean, there's many, you know, many journals out there that just encourage you just to journal write and to free flow, et cetera. But yours, when you talk about them being a prompt journal, I want to get more specific so people really know what it is we're talking about. So right now we're going to talk about the Legacy Journal. It's a journal for teens and adults. And right straight from the cover, uh, that Wendy has a space to write the year uh, that you are doing this for. So that you start. It's a, it's a important to start there, isn't it? Because you start on that date. But this book is intended to be a lifetime journal. It's kind of like a lifetime yearbook. So, like every six months, the the highlights of your life as you go along from high school up until the time you're old. Could be, should be in, in like your, just your overview of your life. It's not every little tiny thing. You should keep a daily journal every single day. And I find that the, the Mead five-topic binders with the pocket separators are the best to use because you can put in the pockets, you know, 
wedding invitations and business cards and receipts and things that you want to keep that you don't have to find to file um, or special notes. But, oh, my gosh, I thought I'd turn that off. Anyway, um, we... Uh, and when you do that, Wendy, it becomes almost, besides being a journal... It's almost a scrapbook of your life as well. So yes. it really is a historical record. I mean, in your legacy of Journal for Teens and Adults, it starts with your statistics. I mean, really simple things, you know, uh-huh. like when you were, what date you were born, where you were born, how much you weighed, et cetera. And, you know, people may say, oh, you know, what? why do I need that? But it's interesting. You go to fill out paperwork for a passport or even a new job, and many of the things that are in it that you – start off by writing in your journal, you need to know later on in life you might forget about it at some point. But I, the fact that you have prompts in here makes it easier to remember the importance of putting these things down. And then and you're not only that, about too, I don't want to interrupt you, but just make sure you put a copy of your birth certificate, a copy of your shot record, a copy of your resume. So if there is a flood or you have to leave something, you've got all of your real important documents inside this one book. You grab the book and go. And so that makes it, that makes it extremely, extremely valuable. It becomes, yes. like, it becomes like your Bible. Yes. It's your personal history. It can be passed down from generation to generation, and it has your likes and your dislikes and all these other things. But it also has some real important, if you keep an updated, your updated resume in there, when you, like you were saying, when you have, apply for a job, you've got it right there. You have well, your letters yeah, of recommendation. Just, I, as I'm, when I'm talking to you, I'm opening different pages that I had marked that I wanted to uh, discuss with you. And okay. one of the pages I thought was great is, this, and this is, yeah, it could be for all ages, but I'm just thinking about young people. We're about choosing a career. If you've chosen a career, you're going to write down what it is. If you haven't chosen a career, check some of these items that might appeal to you. I found that interesting because. I think as we grow and develop, sometimes we change our mind or, you know, we move on to something else. And then later in life, we look back. And I know that I'm always talking to teens and, uh, I mean, or talking to adults and saying, what did you love as a teen? And many people don't really remember. Well, this way, you would have an accurate way of remembering, this is who I was, this is what I liked here and now. And I think that can kind of help you unfold as you develop in life. Yes, and you can also add to it later on if you change your mind. And you can say, oh, this was when I was 15, but right now I changed my mind on this. And you can add it in. And I'm 26 now. That gives you permission to say yeah, it's okay you have to permission to put anything mind. you want and to. And if you learn something, I like you can... I like about it. Okay, good. Now, you, I wanted, in your legacy, you have written one that's called Expressions of Wisdom and Advice. Yes. And this, I think, is really um, important as well because... Throughout life, we are given, you know, some people say things to us and we think, oh, my gosh, that is so helpful and I'm going to remember it. But unless we write it down, we don't remember it. No, we don't. And the reason I put this one together is because I think about my mother. She's in an assisted living center. She cannot remember my name. She doesn't know me. And she used to give me great advice. And, you know, Cynthia, she used to, she's written me hundreds of letters over the years. But in her letters, it was just her little daily chit-chat. It wasn't the profound stuff, what she really believed, and real advice of, like, how did you get through the Depression? How did you get through this? You know, 
how did you stay married to dad for 62 years? Right. Um, that, how did you make your marriage work? This kind of thing. She used to write in the five-year top. You remember those old five-year journals? With the yes, one, absolutely. On one of her pages, she said, Cal asked me to marry him. Well, I'm sitting there going, what were you worrying? What did he say? Right. You know, did he say? what did you was think? He down what was me? You know, and I want to know. I want to know what he said and how she thought and all that stuff. But those are things that are lost now. So what I wanted to do was to provide. I said, what would I want my mother to do? And I'd like a book of her advice. So I wrote this for me to give to my children and for you and anybody else to just give your advice. What you think you can skip words that you don't know. They can also be translated into other languages by children who have parents or grandparents who are who speak another language. You can write it any language you want to. Um, a lot of these these young people I work with today are bilingual, trilingual. You know, they and can do. A, that's a wonderful, you and know, they that's can a teach wonderful their... gift, especially in our multicultural world. But you know, I wanted to also get to you were talking to me about how your daughter is working with people who have cancer or life, you know, challenges, uh, life, uh, what, yes, uh, in other words, you know, well, she, expectant challenges she's a nurse. And how we can help the other people by writing things for them. Discuss that just a bit because that's very important. Well, uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention is that she, she worked in the cancer unit with babies. And she named one of her, her daughter after a little girl that she nursed for nine months before she died. And it was because of the, the spirit of this little girl that she wanted to, to name her baby after her. Aww. And it was such a privilege for the parents to do that. But she's, and, and, and I'm just saying, you can leave a legacy when you're nine months old. Do you understand what I mean? Even Absolutely. when you're that young, you can leave an impression that can last a lifetime. But she is also working in with people who are in the, you know, the ICU waiting for people, you know, they know someone's going to die, they know somebody is, is really, really ill. One of these little journals, you can put the, you know, the, I think probably the teens and adult journal would probably be the best one because you know that person really, really well. The people that are going there that are visiting can, can write in it. And I remember, you're always going around, remember when, remember when, remember when. Well, the, the book is there. You can write it for and in behalf of that person. If they get better, then they can complete it themselves. Or if they're in the hospital and they have nothing to do and they, and they can write and are well enough to write, they can have that gift to, to do. You can ask the nurses and the doctors who care for somebody for a long time to write a little note to them. You can write your friends. You can have your friends write well, I just think these are, would be a great gift, and it's a, it's a really great idea to bring into the hospitals. And I would think that hospital uh, gift shops should be carrying these as well. But let's give out your website because people can find out where to get your, uh, your legacy prompt journals. Also, they can pick up a copy of your, uh, your book. The um, a, la- a Lady Mormon Missionary, Letters from a Lady Mormon Missionary, if they're interested in that. But these legacy prompt journals really are important for all ages. So the website is wendysoria.com. That's W-E-N-D-Y-S-O-R-I-A.com. Yeah. And you have, an, you have uh, a new novel soon to be released. Oh well, it's, it's I'm finishing the last chapter, and I it's 
it's kind of on the back burner trying to get this these others going. Um, but well, uh, yeah, you'll come Starlight when... is a, it's a novel I've been working on for uh, years and years. <laughs> well, but see, isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful that you keep writing, and I am sure that having kept your journals for your whole life is helping you continue writing and to actually write your novel as well. Well, yes, and I'm trying to. And I also wanted to include that in um, the letters of the Lady Mora Missionary, I have completed my legacy expressions of wisdom and advice. My wisdom and advice is in there. I, it was a blast doing that, too. It was a lot of fun. And another thing that's very important is that I put my testimony of spiritual topics in there. I have another journal called Legacy of Missionary Service, and it's, but it, that's something I think our children are going to need, our testimonies of spiritual topics. And, and I just wanted to add to uh, and it kind of, your testimony, Wendy. I wanted to add that one of the things I enjoyed in your book, uh, Letters from a Lady Mormon Missionary, so much were all the other uh, family literary collections that you had put in there throughout the ages it was amazing to see how much we are alike, even though hundreds of years may separate us. So let's uh, get everyone going to the website, wendysaria.com, W-E-N-D-Y-S-O-R-I-A.com. Wendy, it's been just a pleasure having you on the show, and what, uh, what a great writer you are and what a great inspiration in helping so many people to remember and to be safe and to keep their, his- their history so that they can pass on their legacy. So I really love these legacy prompt journals. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Cynthia. I appreciate it. And thank you all for being great listeners. We'll be together again next week here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And if for more information about Be the Star You Are charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And until we celebrate again, just go out into the world and shine. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, encouraging you to be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. See you next week. Be the star you are. The star you Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You.